Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Good Orderly Direction, Practical Tools of the Bible. Today, we are discussing Genesis 18 and 19, or the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. So chapter 18 starts out, One day, God and two angels, or three men, appeared to Abraham. He bowed and said, Let me bring you water, wash your feet, and give you rest. Then God said, how great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah. I must see if it's true. Abraham knew Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah and he got a little bit worried and he said, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous. Will you not forgive Sodom and Gomorrah for the 50 righteous who are there? God said, if I find 50 righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham said, Please don't be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose 10 are found there. God answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. What do we learn from this story? God seeks proof and facts before he passes judgment and also recognizes the dialectics where there's good, there's often also bad. So you have to separate the wheat from the shaft, so to speak. And God had heard that in Sodom and Gomorrah, it was all evil. Um, but Abraham was asking, you know, if there is it, are any good people in there, will they be spared? God wasn't going off of secondhand knowledge. He wanted to see for himself. So with good orderly direction, we need to see proof or facts before we make our decisions. We don't want to go on you know, just random knowledge or our gut instinct or our emotional reasoning. We need to look at the facts in the current context before we make our decision. God tells Abraham that if there are righteous in, in with the sinners, he will not destroy them all. This gives us pause to consider that in any group, there are likely people with good intentions and people with bad intentions. Consider the ways that you may overgeneralize and lump all people of a particular group together and fail to recognize that there's good and bad in each group. Consider the ways you may fail to understand or interpret people's behaviors from that group because you assume that their intentions are wicked. Maybe their intentions are self-preservation. Uh, so when we assume without facts, we are often can be led astray. Likewise, within ourselves, we often have the, the godly loving side and the human side. Consider times when you've assumed someone was all good or all bad. And instead of recognizing that as humans, we have our faults. You know, so you were categorizing, overgeneralizing something about a person uh, instead of recognizing that, yeah, they may do some things that I really don't like, or they may even do a lot of things that I really don't like, but they probably have some good aspects to them too. And it makes it a whole lot easier to have loving kindness towards other people when we start recognizing that everybody has within them good and bad. How might it help you cope with life 
people and their behaviors, if you started looking for the righteous within people and groups that you currently struggle to love as God has loved you. And that can be really challenging. This whole, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us that we hear in, in the Lord's prayer, obviously in the new Testament, that one sticks with me because I think to myself, well, if I'm asking God to forgive me the way, um, I forgive other people yet I'm holding all these grudges and resentment and judging and all this kind of stuff. Ooh, you know, I'm not liking that very much. When we look at people as lovable, as humans trying to survive, we may really dislike some of their behaviors, but when we can see that there is a kernel of good in people, it makes it easier to have compassion and loving kindness. How can setting boundaries help you stay safe and survive among people choosing an ungodly way of life? When we are loving, it doesn't mean we strip all our boundaries and we open our doors and we say, everybody come on in. We may recognize that some people have ill intentions or that some people are unable to behave in a loving way. And we have to set a boundary in order to keep ourselves safe using our, our knowledge of kind of what's going on, being aware of the situation, being prudent in who we interact with and how we interact with them, but being respectful in the way we set our boundaries, not calling them names, not trying to do things to incite them, but being respectful and saying, I don't agree with you, or I don't like this behavior and I can't tolerate it in my space. Forgiveness also goes along with boundaries, recognizing that if somebody does something to you that is unkind, holding on to anger and resentment about that behavior is only hurting you. They probably long forgot about it. Forgiveness helps you let go of the anger, helps you redirect that energy to setting boundaries and saying, okay, well, this is not a safe person to be around right now. So I need to set a boundary. Endurance is also something that's important. And, and another word for endurance is courage. When we are living and surrounded by people who we feel are behaving in a, an unkind, unloving fashion, it takes a lot of courage to set and hold those boundaries because we will often get a little bit of backlash from it. Being compassionate can help us tolerate the backlash, help us understand or consider that maybe those people see the world differently than we do. And from their perception, maybe they're right. From our perception, maybe we're right. And boundaries allow us to say, these are my thoughts, feelings, and needs, and they're just as important as your thoughts, feelings, and needs. So the two messengers entered Sodom and were greeted by Lot. He said, come to your servant's house, spend the night and watch your feet. Then you can get up early and go on your way. But they said, no, we'll spend the night in the town square. So the two messengers, the angels wanted to sort of test the people of Sodom to see if what they had heard was true. 
Lot said, no, that's a bad idea. And he pleaded earnestly with them. So they went with him and entered his house. Lot knew that bad stuff happened outside of his walls. And he respected these people. Um, whether he knew they were angels or not at this point, we're not really sure. But he respected them enough to say, you know, strangers in this land, this is not safe. You need to come inside. However, he didn't do that um, without knowing that it could bring some hardship to him. Lot clearly knew that the people of Sodom were engaging in wicked behaviors, abusing the weak, being disrespectful and lacking compassion. It's unclear why he did not leave Sodom after he was rescued by Abram. Remember, that was a couple chapters ago. But now he believes he's too old to be able to move with his family. He feels stuck. You know, think about, have you ever um, missed an opportunity to do something and then you think, well, it's too late now. And this is kind of where, where Lot is at this point. Lot does show that despite living among wickedness, it's possible to act lovingly as God wants us to. We can be prudent in how we act. Lot wasn't out there flaunting his differences of opinion. Lot kept to himself. That was the prudent thing to do. He had the wisdom to recognize that there may be a time and a place where he's got to assert his boundaries, but it's better to kind of fly under the radar because he is um, in the minority in Sodom and Gomorrah. He behaved earnestly. You know, he kept doing the, the next right thing and he kept living a godly life, even though there were probably lots of temptations that came his way, whether it was money or sex or uh, power or whatever. He said, that is not how I want to live. I'm going to live a godly life and I'm not going to affiliate with the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He was respectful to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't go out and say, you need to change your ways because what you're not, what you're doing is not right. Now he may have had that occasional conversation, but he respected their right to choose as adults, as human beings. He set a behavioral model for how he acted and they had the right to choose if they wanted to act like him or if they wanted to act like heathens. Compassion. He, Lot was very compassionate with the people who came, with the messengers that God sent to check out what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. He behaved selflessly, knowing that protecting them was probably going to draw the attention of the community to him, and it could end up badly. And he acted with courage. You know, it took a lot of courage to say, you really need to come inside my house and I need to protect you. It can be exhausting and even terrifying to live among people who are not acting perfectly. And remember that goes back to that mnemonic um, of uh, prudence, endurance, respect, forgiveness, uh, earnestness compassion, and truthfulness. When we are in these situations, 
We often have a great deal of anxiety and or anger. When we're surrounded by people who are not behaving that way, we can feel very threatened. Lot appears to have adopted a live and let live attitude, which likely helped him avoid the attention of the evildoers. He recognized that he could not change the people of Sodom, so he didn't get angry at them when they didn't change or agree with him. He recognized that was a waste of energy to get angry because they weren't doing what he thought was the right thing. In recovery, and maybe some other circles, but I'm more most familiar with it in recovery circles, we have the serenity prayer. And there are multiple verses. The first verse, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. How was Lot demonstrating serenity here? He wasn't getting angry. He was serene in his life, doing his thing. Let bygones be bygones. I'm going to do the right thing as I perceive it in my world. So he wasn't um, fraught with anger all the time. So that's good. You know, when we're serene, when we're not throwing energy away needlessly at being angry at people for no reason or being angry over things we have no control over, then we have more energy when it counts. Uh, the courage to change the things I can. Lot recognized that he could protect these uh, messengers. Lot recognized that uh, he needed to try to protect his family. Uh, Lot recognized he could not change the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he had the courage to do what he needed to do and knew the difference between what he could and couldn't change. So going back to scripture, at nightfall, the men of the city and Sodom surrounded the house and called to Lot, where are the men who arrived tonight? Bring them out so we may violate them. Lot went out and closed the door behind him and said, my brothers, do not do such an evil thing. I have two daughters. Let me bring them out to you, but don't do anything to these men because they are now under the protection of my roof. The men said, get out of the way. And they continued, does this immigrant want to judge us? Now we will hurt him more than we will hurt them. So the presence of the angels or the messengers drew the attention to Lot and his family. We see from this interaction that Lot was a man of integrity and courage, and the men of Sodom were unrepentantly evil. Even when Lot went the extra step and said, what you're doing is not right. You know, you can go do what you want to do among yourselves, but I need to protect my household. And they were not having that. Now they were violating his boundaries. Now they were showing a gross lack of respect. This is more evidence that Lot had been keeping to himself and not challenging the men of Sodom. When he actually had to set boundaries, they became very enraged. Think about how that might work in relationships that you've been in, where you've been passive a lot of times, but when you set boundaries, the other person is unable to be respectful of your boundaries, unable to empathize with how you feel or be compassionate. So they become angry. They start feeling threatened because you are not allowing them to control you. So 
So the messengers, the men that were inside Lot's house, reached out and pulled Lot back into the house. Then the messengers blinded the men near the entrance of the house. So this gave them a little bit of time to get their stuff together and for the righteous in the town to be evacuated. This could be symbolism that those who are acting in an ungodly fashion are unable to see the path to righteousness. You know, that just kind of occurred to me. Take it if you think it works. If it doesn't, let it go. It also shows how, to, how when we act with good orderly direction toward others, we create strength in numbers. Lot had never met these messengers before. They had never met him, you know, um, like in person. But Lot was kind and compassionate and welcoming to them and treated them with respect and love. And so when he was in danger, he was trying to protect them and they rose to the occasion to protect him because, you know, one good turn deserves another, I guess. The messenger said to Lot, take your family away from the city because God has found the cries of injustice are so serious that we are about to destroy it. Lot went to speak to his sons-in-law, but they thought he was joking. When dawn broke, the men urged Lot, take your wife and two daughters who are here so that they are not swept away because of the evil in the city. It's important to recognize that sometimes wickedness can get so out of control that the only option is to leave the situation. Sometimes you can set boundaries, keep to yourself, and um, exist, peacefully coexist. But when the evildoers, if you will, want to invade your boundaries, sometimes you need to leave. You know, it's not safe to stay there anymore. And that's where... Lot and his family were at this point. It was no longer safe because they had um, incited anger in the men of Sodom. They had stood up to the men of Sodom. So now they were going to be targets. Go to the city of Zoar and don't look back. As the sun rose, Lot arrived with his remaining daughters and his wife um, in Zoar. And God rained down sulfur onto Sodom and Gomorrah, destroying the cities and everyone lived there. Unfortunately, when Lot's wife looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. Now, what can we learn from this? The message here may be that change is hard. There were things like her daughters. Remember, Lot's sons-in-law didn't take him seriously. So his daughters, who had married them, were still in the city. And that had to be excruciatingly painful to Lot and his wife. So there were things like her daughters and, and her friends. She probably had friends in Sodom and Gomorrah that Lot's wife had to leave behind. She was probably extremely distraught. But when we're emotional and start looking back, we may be tempted to get drawn in again. We may start minimizing the problems and uh, romanticizing the good things. And, and we get a very distorted picture. So principles, I know this was a long study. <clears throat> Prudence. When you live in hostile environments, it is possible to set boundaries. You just have to be wise to what's going on. You have to be aware of what's going on and be patient in your actions. 
using good orderly direction to decide when it's necessary to make a change because the situation has become just completely unmanageable and using prudence to avoid looking back when we're emotional because we're likely to not see clearly what's going on when we're just steeped in our emotions and we can be drawn back in the principles of endurance or courage we see because it took a lot of courage for lot to stand up to the men especially because he didn't not know what would happen and if his family would continue living among them he didn't know at that point that the messengers were going to help him escape he was just doing what he thought to be right at the moment he was behaving with integrity it also took courage to leave because he was old and he had to leave some of his children behind that had to be incredibly difficult and we see a lot of courage in people who have to set boundaries with family members for example because they are steeped in addiction or criminal activity or something else and even if you're not leaving them behind setting those boundaries and refusing to enable their behavior can still be heart-wrenching respect we see lot setting and maintaining boundaries he's showing respect for himself for his family and for God by setting and maintaining boundaries to keep them uh, uh, from connecting for, to keep them from merging with the people in Sodom and Gomorrah however he also was not pushing his ideals pushing his thoughts on them so he was respecting their right to choose having respect for yourself and not engaging in bad behaviors even if everyone else is doing it like I said it probably would have been easy to be tempted to engage in some of the bad behaviors because they're highly rewarding you know my guess is there was a lot of intoxication and debauchery going on respect was also shown because he treated others even strangers with respect every person deserves to be loved we don't have to like their behaviors but every person is deserving of love and we want to be prudent in you know how quickly we trust them of course we can get to know strangers and we develop that trust over time but we are respectful of them the entire time and listening to elders and I didn't talk a lot about that but Lot went to his sons-in-law and said hey we really need to get out of here because things are getting ready to get bad and they thought he was kidding they didn't believe him they ignored him and lo and behold they got swept away sometimes our elders have some knowledge that we may want to take into consideration what would have happened if they had listened a lot and left and even you know let's say that that God decided not to destroy Sodom maybe it was just this big overreaction and but they left with Lot well ultimately they could have decided to go back but since they decided not to listen to him then they didn't have another choice they didn't follow good orderly direction they didn't follow prudence and selflessness Lot welcomes the messengers even though he does not know does not know them at all and probably knows that it's going to cause him problems 